Welcome to Drive Your Own Adventure with Benjamin Starr. With holiday parks and resorts across New South Wales and Queensland, find your dream destination with Ingenia Holidays. Okay, we're driving our own adventure. We have had a reference from more than four or five people that we've got to meet this guy called David. And I see you keep saying, tell us about David. They said, you've got to meet David. David is David. So we did a bit of research and uh, it's always great when you're out on the road, you never know who you're going to meet. David, you have an amazing career. Not only are you internationally renowned for your wonderful musicianship, but uh, you're an entertainer, presenter. You do so much work in the world of dance as well. And uh, you are really one of these people that um, knew, knew a man called Marlon Brando, which we'll get to in a few minutes. I mean, you know, you look like Marlon Brando as oh, yeah. well. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, look, I'm, uh, well, first I want to acknowledge that we are on um, traditional country here to the Gimmo Wallyborough Yellingji. Yes. And the Yurikanji people. So, uh, but I'm um, David Hudson. I'm, uh, my language name is Dawar. Um, my father's side is uh, Uruman people. Yeah. And my mother's side is Western Yellingji. Yeah. But uh, born and raised in Cairns. Yeah. So after I finished school in the 70s, I uh, jumped in my motor car and I drove all the way to Alice Springs to venture wow. out into the big wide world. Yes. Very different to where I come from because we're- Into the backyard. We're surrounded by greens and blues, you know. Sure, and, sure. Uh, when you go to the desert desert, um, that was a big learning curve for me. So I- um, being a uh, cultural person, I, yeah. um, I've always played didgeridoo growing up as a young kid. Yes. So that more or less became my, um, my voice for me as the Pied Piper. So uh, I, I had a thing called the ancient voice of the future. Right. And so at that stage, I, um, I, I started playing more professionally as a muso, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I play guitar and yep. learned kit drums at school and yep. played sax and clarinet. <laughs> so I was very fortunate yeah. and I, I, I keep using the terminology fortunate because um, that's what I'm saying. I'm not lucky. I was fortunate that I grew up with people with um, mum's brothers and sisters who uh, encouraged us to, to go on to bigger and better things, you know, because my mum was raised on a mission, wow. an Aboriginal mission. And... Um, the reason why she was born there was because my grandmother was forcibly removed from her traditional homelands and taken to the mission, which is in Karanda. Right. Hence why we were born and raised in Cairns and Karanda. But yeah. as I say, my traditional homelands go to the west, savannah country. It's very volcanic mm-hmm. and um, we're famous for our hot springs and lava tubes that go underground. Yes, we've heard a bit about those lava tubes. Well, yeah, you would have heard that from Bram, yeah. Bram Collins. And um, so Bram Collins and I go way back when we were kids and um, yeah. I'm older than Bram. So, um, but I've always had a very close connection to the Collins family. Yes. And we've had a very good close connection because a lot of my uncles and aunts and cousins yeah. worked on the station Either as ringers, you right? Know, yeah, yeah. Cowboys. Yeah. And, um, we heard we heard about Nobby, the uh, the oh, beast Nobby. that, and I, <laughs> we wanted to know whether he had two brothers called Nuts. Is, is that how Nobby's Nuts came about? <laughs> I, I had to so. get that line in in some point in this whole podcast. I think podcast they were sold series. it too. But it's interesting how a mule. It's interesting how a beast found where they were going to live. I mean, the, the the animal knew exactly where to go. It just went for water, and uh, yeah, amazing story. So your family were heavily involved with all that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's my traditional homelands out towards Andara, Mount Surprise. So 
my traditional homelands are huge. Mm. You know, we're bigger than Victoria and Tasmania. Yeah. And so in Australia, you know, when you when you come down under, people don't they don't fully realise how big Australia really is. No. Um, you know, to drive from one side of my my homelands to the other side, it's seven hours car drive. Yeah. You know, it's ironic though your homeland's that big, and uh, it's it's only taken to recent times to get someone into parliament to, to sort of speak for the Aboriginal people. Well, it's twenty nineteen. Here we are, yeah. and and, um, and on that point there, yeah. um, Mabo the Mabo decision came about in nineteen ninety two. That's right. So it took us twenty years to actually get a voice, a, a voice to uh, have native title on my traditional homelands. That's right. So um, realistically, you know, whether you want native title or you don't want native title. We have native title, which means it gives us a voice. Yeah. We now have an Aboriginal flag flying outside the Etheridge Shire Council, which is huge. Would um, never have happened. Positive. Yeah, yeah. No, it wouldn't have happened prior to that. And um, um, we've got some positive stuff happening out there. We we own Tullery Station, which mm-hmm. was a working cattle station, mm-hmm. but um, we got rid of all the cattle because mm-hmm. we want to turn it back into a, a nature yes. healing refuge, you know. And, Very um, good idea. So, so we've got some dollars now from the state, yeah. and we're going to build ourselves a cultural healing centre. Yes. And we'll turn soil in October this year. And, good uh, on you. 2020 September, we should have, there should be opening, so you've got to come back and visit us. Oh, we will. At the uh, Tullery Hot Springs. Uh, we've heard all about those hot springs, and Chris might be one of the first person to dip in. He was very excited. He's travelling with us about those hot springs. Yeah, well, you got to dip into the spa. Yeah, not the actual eighty degrees, oh, isn't it? Yeah, eighty degrees. So if you put your foot in there, you'll, yeah. you'll come out footless. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting, like in in the world that we're living in now. Yep. Um, white fella would talk about mental illness and post-traumatic stress disorder and everyone wants treatment and there's a tablet for this and a tablet for that. Uh, people don't deal with things. Your people um, literally lost their entire identity mm-hmm. in a very short time and probably suffered more depression and anxiety and what we call post-traumatic stress. But you um, and your grandparents and forebearers seem to have uh, an inbuilt mechanism uh, of coping beyond the pain. I cope beyond that pain because, one, yep. I wasn't raised on a mission. Mm-hmm. And my mother always, she, she always said to me, David, um, without your cultural identity, you are like a tree without its roots. Very so sad. I always, I always took things like that on, on board and I, I, I remember that. Mm. So um, that's why I, it, it's my duty of care to go out there and promote who I am as an Indigenous Australian, mm. educate people. Mm. I call myself an edutainer. Mm. And when I'm travelling around the world, I'm, I'm a global messenger. Yes. So you're out there educating. For the youth of today, you know, in your mob, what are you trying to teach these kids? What do they need to, what do they need to understand about this world that they've been born into? Well, we've got to build, we've got to build some, some infrastructure, you know, infrastructure mm. in, in regards to training centres, yep. um, rehabilitation centres on country, get the kids away from the city life, yep. get them away from McDonald's, go bush. And and learn. Do you off even think that's for white kids as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's I not know. just uh, for the, the Aboriginals. Yeah, no, you can't just say say it's just uh, just for Indigenous Australians. It's for everybody. Yeah. Red, white, black, or brindle. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, um, you cut your skin, you cut my skin, we all bleed red. Yeah. So we're all part of one race. That's the human race. What can tourism teach people coming up here? Oh, tourism is all about employment. You know, you know, if we get get our mob away from, from the from the the um, the doldrums of just doing nothing, mm. it creates employment. With our hot springs um, centre, that's going to create jobs for um, you know yeah. landscaping and, and. How did you discover this place? 
Was it always there or did you just stumble on it? No, it, it's on my traditional homeland. And, yeah. And, and, the, and 20 years ago, we had a vision yeah. that we needed to buy something yep. so that our mob could come back to what yes. we call homelands. Yes. And uh, we chose about, you know, there was there was about six different stations that we looked at, but we always kept getting drawn back to Tullaroo. Yep. And Tullaroo was all about the the um, the hot springs and we're right next to the Ainsley River. Yeah. And in the Ainsley River, they have these huge... They're big grooves that are that are twenty four inches long and you know eight yep. inches deep. Yeah, and they're made by our people that have been um, sharp, sharpening stone axes, wow. and grinding stones. Yes, and we thought that's got to be the place there. And at Tullaroo in the eighteen nineties, the further research we did, a massacre took place there between Whitefellas and and my people. Wow, and uh, it was at that time it was called Skulls Camp. Now we've owned right. Tullaroo for eight years, so the first thing we did was. Uh, was get in there and, and change all these names and, and turn negatives into positives. Yeah. So we got rid of the word Skull Camp and now yeah. called it Memorial Park. Yes. Um, there were there were uh, road crossings that are, that are called Nigger Creek. Gosh. They're gone. Yeah. You know? So it's it's about empowering our people, getting people back onto country mm-hmm. so they can come out there, swim, be, yep. you know, catch fish. Um, and walk on country where there, where our our foremothers and forefathers walked countless generations ago. So, in a way, what you're starting to do is health tourism. It's yeah. it's taking it's 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 like becoming a, a healing centre for people to come to to reconnect with who they are if they've lost who they are to find their own identity somehow. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get these get these um, mobs. Yeah. And and it, when I say it's mobs, it's it's folks like yourselves. Yeah. You know, there 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 is more. To Australia than just coming to a place like Cairns. Yeah, you know, and and I've always argued with um, um, tourism. You know, these these entities that always just think about the reef and rainforest. R and yeah, R, yeah, yeah, R and yeah, R. Yeah. I said, what about the other R, which stands for rock art, yes. culture. Yep. And so, uh, so last year we all went out to Andara with Bram, and, yep. and uh, it was a tourism forum. And it was fantastic because we had a lot of these these tourism heads who wouldn't go beyond the Atherton Tablelands. So they were out there for the first time in 30 years and going, wow, I didn't realise that, uh, you know, an hour and a half this way, it's it's savannah country, it's it's yeah. volcanic. Yes. And we're going, well, it's always been here. <laughs> you fellas just don't um, don't venture out to the west. No. Because you always think The Aboriginal people had a great way of looking after the environment. I mean, you know, I went out to Alice Springs and stood there at Uluru and I thought, you know, they were clever. They dug a hole a metre back from the river, they bathed in that, yep. they let it fill up, then they'd cover it up. They never put their body into the, the river system to create pollution. And we've just been hearing on the, the, the various interviews we're doing, the, the impact on the environment up here is, and it's everywhere now, uh, is detrimental. I mean, there's knock-on effects. There's species dying out that will never come back. Um, you never thought you'd live in a world where you'd be seeing all this. Well, I think that's that's the same scenario. You know, you they they say that the Barrier Reef is dying. Well, it's it's not dying. Yeah. Um, it's it's alive and well. And yeah. It's, um, it'll it'll live on for another. Yeah. Like our my culture. Yeah. It'll live on for for another. Yeah. It um, can take a beating, but it can come back. It'll take a beating, but yeah. um, you know, but who's beating it? Humans. Yeah. People on two legs. Yeah. They're the ones that do the damage. Yeah. It's exactly. Uh, it, it. It. doesn't matter where we are in this in this world of ours. Yeah. Um. Why. Why is the uh, the salt lake? Yes. Salt, you know, salt sea in yeah. Israel. Who's doing it? Man. Mm. So man does this. Man does man. So man's got to learn to live off indigenous people. Learn our skills and our ways. Well, I, I think that's and I think that's the important thing that the indigenous culture um can offer. 
I mean, in a way, you can be the guys that save the planet because the white fella has no clue. And it's it's important as well with controlled traditional burning. Yeah. Um, you'll, you know, in Australia, we all know that the serious bushfires are in Victoria and New South yeah, Wales yeah, and yeah, Western yeah. Australia. Queensland don't have that to no. that degree. Why? It's because Queensland, they practice traditional controlled burning. Yes. We know when to burn country yeah. and, and, and weed out the weeds. That's right. So so you weed out the weeds, what happens is you get bird life that comes back and That's right. you get to have those seeds and yeah. and you have green grasses. There's a whole for, knock-on for, effect. For, it's all the, the chain. Yeah. Chain That's of what command. it's all about. Now, tell us, speaking of um, tourism, you had the pleasure of meeting a guy. I mean, Hollywood's had a big impact on this joint up here. And yeah. you, you got to meet you got to meet some pretty cool characters, but uh, who's this guy that you met? Oh look, yeah, look, I got to meet Marlon Brando and and work with him for three months. Um, Amazing. And uh, I was I was in uh, I met Richard Stanley. Richard Stanley is an English uh, yes. director. Yep. And I had a phone call from Richard Stanley. He says, "Oh, hello, David. My name's Richard, and uh, <laughs> said, I'm coming to Australia, and I'd like to uh, I'd like to offer you a job." And I said, "Oh, okay." And he, so we met in Sydney, and mm-hmm. he said to me, um, um, "I've got a job because I want you. I, I want you to be the choreographer for this film called The Island of Doctor Moreau." And I said, "Oh, okay." And I said to him, "I said, how the how'd you find me?" I said, "I'm a little, a little, uh, little fella from up, you know, Cairns way in North Queensland." And he says, oh, "He said, oh, you're performing at the Shaw Theatre in West End in London with your dance trip," and I was in the audience. And I saw you on stage being a kangaroo and an emu. Yeah. And I thought, well, I want that bloke up there to be my choreographer. And I said, okay, fantastic. And I said, what sort of animals are we talking? He goes, he said, oh, we're talking leopards and chimpanzees and monkeys and hyenas. I said, mate, we don't have those animals in Australia. Mm. He goes, well, that's up to you to be able to go and do your research mm. and, uh, and take it from there. I said, and I said, well, who's in the film? He goes, oh, we've got Val Kilmer and uh, <laughs> Ron Perlman and we've got Marlon Brando. I said, Marlon Brando? I said, well, are you, what, are you kidding me? And I was, I was tapping my wife under the table. I'm like, this bloke's, he's been smoking the old hoochie-coochie. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, no, 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 no. He said, we've got Marlon Brando. I said, wow. So, and I he said. He was sold. And I said, where's this film going to be shot? Yep. He said, oh, it's going to be shot in a place called Cairns in far north Queensland. I said, I'm there. <laughs> I said, this is my home. So, uh, so you got these, to meet these people. Yeah, yeah, all these people fly in. Val, Val Kilmer yeah. flies in, yeah. uh, whoever. You know, Tamir yeah. Morrison once. He, he played Jake Jake the Musk from the yeah. Warriors and blah, blah, blah. Once the Warriors. And uh, Marlon Brando flies in. Yeah. And um, Thank you very much. And, no, I said to Richard, I said, I want to roll in this. <laughs> yeah. I want to roll in this. And he, and he said, well, um, he said, do you like buffaloes? I said, oh, I love buffaloes. Yeah. He goes, all right, you can be the bison man. So I had the, had the job as the bison man. How cool! So uh, the first the first two weeks, I'm you know I'm now fully dressed up as a bison. Takes two hours of prosthetics mm-hmm. to put on your face, you know. Mm. And uh, and after now I'm I'm now I've got a hoof and I've got teeth and yeah. And my makeup artist, he's got he's got the uh, remote control to control my blinking and my <laughs> ears wiggles and that sort of stuff. <laughs> and so we all get to meet. Um, Mr. Brando and, and John F- Richard Stanley got the sack. So we had a month off. So in that month off, I just had a great time taking R- Brando up to his mum's house in Cranda. How and, amazing. And Val Kilmer made him didgeridoos and that sort of stuff. And when you hang out with these guys, what, what, did, what did Hollywood teach you about the world? 
oh, Hollywood was just, uh, it's plastic, you know, it's a, it's a concrete jungle. Yeah. And I think that's what that's what They must have loved the connection to being away from all that and they're now suddenly in the hills and it's it's almost normal for them, isn't it? Well, well, Marlon Brenner, yeah, even though Marlon Brenner stayed at the Matson Plaza, yeah, he had the he had the um, the ability to go and eat at a restaurant in Cairns where no one really gave a hoot. Yeah, good. You know, you're dealing with Aussies here. Yeah, you're not dealing with um, the paparazzi from no. from the big smoke no. or Los Angeles. I mean, you're talking about a big, he's a big star at that time, a big, big star. Now, <laughs> did you take him, did he love fishing and all that sort of stuff? Well, on the set, it was it was great because I got to meet him, but but when he meets me, or yeah. he, he met us all, you know, we're in our- What did he know, say to you? One's a boar man, one's yeah. a bison man, one's a hyena yeah. swine. yeah. So I'm a I'm a bison, and then mm. I I put out my big hoof. Yeah, I bet you did. To meet him, and he goes, oh, so, uh, 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 what's your name? I said, oh, my name is David. He goes, he said, oh, I got an idea what you look like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh, I said, well, you got to come back to my caravan before I get dressed up, you know. <laughs> yeah. He goes, oh, beautiful. He says, fantastic. That's how he spoke. He speaks like he's he's got he's from uh, Missouri, so it he's, is you know, so different. He's got this. Sort of like Godfather accent, yeah, but yeah. but uh, he's got this little lisp as well, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. And so uh, I, I get a phone call. My phone. <laughs> I said, "Oh, get out here, going." He goes, "Oh, good afternoon, that David." I'm going, "Yeah, <laughs> how are you going?" He goes, "Hi, David, this is Marlon." I'm going, "Who?" Because <laughs> I didn't believe. I thought it was one of my mates <laughs> yeah. playing a joke on me. He goes, "No, no, no, David, I work with you. I've been working with you for two weeks." I'm like, <laughs> and I put the phone to my chest. I said to Sydney, I said. I said, I think this is Marlon Brando. Uh, 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 uh. And he said, yeah, hey, David, you're there. I'm going, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Um, he said, I'm just, I've been hearing some of your music. It's beautiful. I'm going, oh, well, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I said, look, whilst I got you, I said, would you be, uh, would you be happy to come up and visit my family and my mum and yeah. we'll cook you a traditional meal? And, she go, and he goes, oh, it'd be fantastic, David. So, so my mum says, come on, everybody, lunch is ready. And so my mum, you know, she's she's the boss of the table. So she, I go, Dave, yeah. you sit there. Ben, you sit over there. Yeah. And uh, she says to Marlon, Marlon, how old are you? He goes, oh, Mrs. Hudson, I'm 78. She goes, well, I'm 82, so sit down there. <laughs> so uh, she's like telling him, you sit down there. Yes, yes, Mrs. Hudson. <laughs> really? Unbelievable. And his plate was like, it was full. Really? Like a mountain. And I said, hey, I said, I thought you were supposed to be a vegetarian. He goes, oh, you know, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a really cool guy. No, 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 he was fine. He was, he, you know, I loved him because he's always been a great a great um, ambassador for Indigenous cultures worldwide. Now that's interesting. That's interesting. Well, you got to remember in the 70s when, when he won an Academy Award, yeah. he got, he got, a female Native American to go up and get the award, yeah. not him. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. Ma- he's making a point. He's making an absolute point. He's making a point there. And uh, and when he came here, you know, we gave him boomerangs and a yeah. and a didgeridoo. And a boomerang was not just to give to Martin Brander, but a boomerang is very significant. It's a powerful tool. You know, it's a yes. it's a thing of returnable. So if you ever return it, to Australia, you bring that boomerang back with you. You it know, comes with you. Yeah. Yeah, um, when when you were hanging out with him, I mean, you get to you get to go to America, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're one of the lucky guys. You get to travel the world. You've seen all these people. You're in London, so you get over there and you go to his house. Oh yeah. What was his house like? Oh, look, look I, I I rang Carol. I said, Carol and Dave Hudson from. Oh my gosh, guys, Marlon's going to be so excited. 
So uh, she gave me his number and I yeah. ring. I said, oh, I said, oh, hello, that man. He said, I oh, know it's you, David Hudson. <laughs> and so he, so he, uh, he, so he gets me a vehicle. Yeah. I go to his house at Mulholland Drive. Yeah. And uh, we're sitting down. They're just having a cup of tea and chilling. As you do, having a chinwag. Yeah. And he says, um, he says, oh, he says, you got to play that didgeridoo for me. Yeah. And I said, yeah, okay. So he goes and gets the didge, mm. and I, I just before I play, he goes, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, wait. Mm. And I got no idea what the hell's going on, and he walks over to the veranda, and the next minute, he's like, "Hey, Jack, come over here," and I'm thinking, "What the hell's going on?" And, and, and in walked Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack oh walks God. in. What did he say? He goes, "Well, David," you know. <laughs> but I said, "Oh my God!" I said, "Wow!" I said, "One of my favorite movies was, you know, One for the Cookies Nest." <laughs> So realistically, the three of us are just sitting around. They're thinking, all they're all a little off the beam, aren't they? Well, they all have to be. Well, to they're be all there. eccentric, you know. Yeah, totally. But to talk to these two blokes, yeah. I mean, you know, um, they've been there, done that. Yeah. And just to have two blokes coming down to my my level, yes, was a great thing because we just sat, drank tea, drank water, lemon, and and what did you play for them? Do you well, remember what it was that you played? Was well, there a... well, I, well, I just played a a, a very melodic, uh, monotone didgeridoo piece. Yeah, and that puts people in the in the zone immediately. David, we, we could talk for hours. There's so much to talk about, actually. I mean, there's so many things to talk about, but I think the, the great thing about what we're doing today is we're getting a snapshot of all these great things that people can come and see and do. Yeah. And, of course, all the information sits on Ingenia's website. So, yes. you know, you can check out where that's all happening. And the hot springs will be open soon, so that's fantastic. We, we have to end, not doing the traditional landowner ending. You've got to end doing a Marlon Brando impersonation, <laughs> of course, haven't you? So, Dave, thanks for your time. It's been absolutely a treat. Uh, just visit me anytime you want to, and you know, I'll take you out to the islands and, and uh, just experience a bit of me playing the didgeridoo. But uh, unfortunately, uh, I can't play a didgeridoo, so I will call it a didgeridon't. <laughs> David Hudson talking to us today on Drive Your Own Adventure. Thanks, Fantastic. Mate. Thanks, buddy. Thanks mate, for your time. Safe travels. And I tell you what, you're the first person to ever play a didgeridoo in this broadcast truck. I mean, Alan Jones and the big celebrities have worked in here. You're the first person that's ever played Aboriginal music, so it's well, fantastic. Well, well, I play the didge and people like Alan Jones are full of wind. <laughs> so, so there you go. <laughs> See you, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Drive Your Own Adventure with Ingenia Holidays. 
With holiday parks and resorts across New South Wales and Queensland, Ingenia Holidays offers the ideal place for an extended break, weekend getaway or short stopover. Find your dream destination with Ingenia Holidays at www.ingeniaholidays.com.au